This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with this question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about Hawaii's love for shave ice, or as they say in Hilo, ice shave. I always laugh at that. From Hilo to Haleiwa, it is a must-do on a hot, sunny day. Uh, speaking of Haleiwa, on the north shore of Oahu, the bustling town is home of the world-famous Matsumoto Shave Ice, and Remy Matsumoto is here with us today. Aloha to you, Remy. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, so good to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I got Before we get started, though, as I ask everybody, what school you went? I went to Wailua High and Intermediate School, so it's the home of the Bulldogs. And then high, high school as well. Yep. Intermediate, so, right into high yep, school. Elementary to high school. So I went from being a bullpup to a bulldog. Is that really, is that what they call them? The element, yeah. Intermediate school? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because it's on the same campus, is it not? Yeah, so in Waialua, yeah. elementary school is from kindergarten to sixth grade, and then you move on to seventh grade to twelfth grade. So that's how we're separated by campus. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the bulldogs, all surfers go there. Yes, yeah. a lot. So, so, so when <laughs> surfs up, everybody's playing hooky. Oh yeah, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> Always playing hooky. You can see them wearing their board charts. They're like, oh, I they're know not, where you are. They're were. not going. Yeah, yeah, I know where you went. Mm-hmm. Uh, take us back in time, because you know. Um, the founders, and you know, it's a, it was a must stop for us when we were growing up surfing, you know, in the North Shore and coming through Haleiwa Town. Haleiwa Town has changed. Yes, it has. I mean, amazingly mm-hmm. uh, through the years. But uh, your grandparents, Momoto and Helen Matsumoto, take mm-hmm. us back to 1951. I know you weren't there. Uh, I was but, not born but, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what what did Grandma and Grandpa see as an opportunity? So they always had a dream of opening their own business one day. They had three children. I believe my father was born the same year that the business began. So they were given this opportunity by Mr. Tanaka to open their business in this very same location where it is today. And it started off as a grocery store. Five years later, we started selling shave ice. And then that also um, developed into uh, selling T-shirts and we're here today. So it's been a very long journey. It's been 71 years. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty amazing mm-hmm. when you think about it. And, you know, I know that Grandpa had a long history of how he came back to Hawaii. And yes. Because he was here, then he went back mm-hmm. to Japan and then came yeah. back here again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fell in love with a, with a woman and, and, you know, had a family. Yeah. Um, fascinating story in itself. But mm-hmm. when you think about Shave Ice as the the... the product that they said we can we have an opportunity here Mm -hmm. did they see a niche what what did dad tell you guys back in the day yes so originally we started off as a grocery store my grandpa was going from like house to house on his bike and then a truck trying to sell all these goods but i think it was five years later where they're like hey i think we can sell shave ice because it's the perfect location there's beach um right nearby and the weather's always nice so they're like hey let's just start selling shave ice and then it started quickly picking up and doing really well. So that became our main thing. Even in the 60s, 50s? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not show, I did not know Shave Ice was around that long. It has been, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So now, you know, you came along uh, and, yes. and now grabbing the reins in the next mm-hmm. generation, if you will. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you, though, I mean, you didn't have to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you probably grew up there yes. in, in the store. But what made you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this, mom and dad. What, what made you do that? So it did take a while for me to step into the manager position. Uh, I think a lot of other third gen kids like myself can relate with this. But we're born into a very fortunate, but also a very unique situation where like our parents and the generations before us have really like laid out the foundation for us and have really grown the business. So it's kind of right there for us. But there's also a lot of pressure that comes with it and a lot of factors that go into it. So fortunately for me, my parents really gave me the freedom to explore my own interests. So I went to school for undergrad out of state. I was in California for a bit and then I moved to Japan for five years. So I was away for a while, but I think during that time, I was able to really explore my own interests, work for other people. And then by, you know, by the end of all that, I was like, hey, I think I'm ready. So I had that talk with my mom. It was a very serious discussion. And I've always had a lot of respect for my parents and what they've been through. I know, you know, it's very stressful, too. So I think that was also a reason why I hesitated. But I was like, hey, if you'll have me, then I'd love to help out. So that's why I moved back home. Well, it's interesting because yeah. it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, the Lynn's children mm-hmm. from Lynn's um, seeds and such. They, right. they are third generation as well. And nice. they came back home and, and came to that revelation as well, taking yes. their experiences that they got mm-hmm. uh, in their journeys through college and, and, and business mm-hmm. and really raising the bar to a different level. I'd imagine you have had that input mm-hmm. uh, in, in the store itself, in its product, and, and staying relevant, right? Right. Yeah, that is definitely true because obviously my grandfather had his own ways as well. And then my father taking over the business had to do a lot to get my grandfather to kind of, you know, evolve. Let go. Let go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. basically let go. So with me stepping in, I think my father and mother are more open minded in that sense. So obviously with this new generation, you know, we're a lot more like technologically advanced. So we have to kind of increase our social media presence and also evolve in a way, but also keep everything the same in terms of like our core values. So I always keep that in mind whenever I'm trying to make a decision, but I always do that with their approval. So it's been kind of, it's been really nice working with them and trying out new things for the business as well. So yeah, it's been fun actually. I mm-hmm. imagine that can be a struggle uh, yes. for mom and dad, mm-hmm. social media, uh, yes. all of those things to embrace that mm-hmm. um, because it's very different. Yep. And and it's evolving so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it impacted how you folks brand yourself? How you, because Matsumoto's Vice is worldwide famous. Um, and and again, being relevant in in the world of digital space and everything, how's mom and dad embracing that? They have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> they have they actually own they have their own Instagram handles, no but they don't even know how to use it. So they're kind of just like, Remy, you just do your thing and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> mom and dad, I'll take over and they're pretty like satisfied with what I'm doing so far. Um, so yeah. They're okay. kind of trying to get on. Oh, I'm like mom and dad. I don't <laughs> Are you? know. I, I, oh, I don't even have a handle if that's what oh, it's you don't? called. No, I don't. Yeah, it's called if, a handle. <laughs> it's called a handle. Okay. Yes. Well, even then, because uh, I, I see you folks have like massive amount of followers it's it's starting to grow yeah thankfully yeah that's that's pretty cool Thank um you, you know little because again <laughs> when we were young this is back in the 80s <laughs> 70s um <laughs> we would stop by matsumoto shave and don't laugh jesse and um because jesse's uh jesse's a wahiwa boy with Hali eva family so well, but really Hali eva has just been like a 
it's like a different Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it every is. week I go down there, it feels like, not every week, but it feels like <laughs> a new store shop has come up yeah. or something's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that part is sad, but it's also, you know, it's real. I mean, and yeah. your livelihood depends on on Haleiwa town bustling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. We do see like a lot of businesses coming and going, but that's why I also have so much respect for the, you know, some of the businesses that have been remaining, you know, in business for so long. Like we have Surfancy, we have Okies. We do have a few that have been staying strong. So I have a lot of respect for them as well. Cause we'll I know get to that is. in a bit because I, w- I always <laughs> wonder what the, how that relationship was oh. uh, with Aoki's. Not to, not to make a feud out of it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of respect for each other. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, during COVID, it was pretty obvious how the town, like every place else, kind of got quiet. Uh, how much of an impact did it have on business? So we had to close our store for several months, and it was just a close, close completely. So we were basically a ghost town, and we live in that city too. So we just we saw everything. There was no one walking by. It was so eerie, Um, and it was really sad. But that really kind of made us um, think about our business and what our goals are for the future. And we were just really lucky enough to be able to survive the pandemic. Yeah. So we were really grateful for that. But it was it was pretty sad. It was devastating for the community and for, I think, everyone around the world, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, I seen some of the video. It just didn't look right. You know, yeah. it, looked, mm-hmm. it literally looked like a ghost town. And, and like mm-hmm. many other little small towns across Hawaii, mm-hmm. it looked that way as well. Yeah. But when it was time to reopen, mm-hmm. what, what, what did the people say? It was so nice because we had a lot of support from the community. So a lot of the locals came by and they supported us. And that's really kind of what got us through it. And that gave us encouragement to keep going because I think for my parents and I, we're like, there are some really difficult times. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Like, how much longer can we survive? But I think because of their support, we were like, that gave us the power to, you know, and the will to survive. So we're really grateful for them. And business is thriving again. Yeah, yeah. thank Visitors are coming back. Yeah, they are. So we're very, very lucky. Yeah. Mm. And I know how much the, the visitors from Japan love Matsumoto Shiva's. Mm. Now that they're not here yet, mm-hmm. um, how, how does that work with, with your marketing? And, and are, it's going to ramp up soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Japan is going to start to return. Right. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of an influx now. But mm-hmm. how does that affect your brand and marketing? Right. Uh, I believe that we were sort of marketing um, in some ways to the Japanese community as well. But thankfully, uh, when it comes to our customers, it's kind of like divided amongst like Japanese and then the mainland people and then our locals. So uh, during this time when the Japanese people weren't able to visit, we've had a lot of, you know, like our mainland visitors and our locals come by to support. So that's been helping us. But yeah, we've kind of had to to, um, shift our marketing towards you know, a different, I mean, the same audience, but not as much the Japanese. Yeah, everybody's tourists. there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> repeat customers are obviously yes. um, very important mm-hmm. and, and word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I don't do lines. I really <laughs> don't like lines. And if Me there's too. a line, I'm not going. Uh, but I'll be I feel honest. You. I feel you. I, I stand in your line. Oh, you do? I, I have. Thank you. I, I'll be honest. Sometimes I went Aokis. That's okay. I got frustrated and I said, That's I'm okay. out. I um, feel the frustration. Hey, just I'll go there real. too. <laughs> I'll go there too. I wouldn't. Personally, I don't like lines as well. So I'm grateful for all of our customers that do wait in that line. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. How much stress <laughs> is that when you know that that thing Ooh. is getting longer and, and it's hot and sometimes you see a kupuna out there? Yeah. How much stress is that? 
It is very stressful, but our team knows that they have to move as fast as they can. So whenever we hire someone, we're like, "Do you think you can handle it?" It's a very high, sh- high stress, fast paced work environment. They're usually down. So even today, I'm just like, "Hey guys, we need to move faster," and that's how we usually get the line to move along quickly. And so you can kind of get your shave ice faster than you expect to. Uh huh. I'll just say that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Do you have like a time? <laughs> You know, like when I worked at Taco Bell, yeah. we had to get our tacos out. You worked at Taco like, Bell? Oh, yes, I did. Ooh, yeah. I love Taco Bell. I was Taco the Bell. fastest taco maker in Hawaii. For Ooh, yes, I, did. I had a little plaque, but that's a different part of my life. Um, 3.2 seconds from oh. stuff to, well, I forgot what we called it. Uh-huh. But do you have like a time, you know, 35 seconds or an hour or a minute mm-hmm. to get to serve a customer? Yeah, there's not an exact set time, but we can kind of eyeball it. And I can tell when one worker isn't moving as fast as they need to. So I'm like, hey, you need to pick it up or I'll kind of go in there and I'll work with them to move it fast. Because it's kind of like an assembly line. Mm-hmm. We have the floater taking the orders, reg person, person scooping the shave ice. I mean, sorry, the ice cream and the beans. And then it just like it goes, it trickles down right from one person to another. So we have to make sure that every single worker is fast, and we have the best team. So it's like a, it's a well-oiled machine. It is. It is. It yeah. really is. It's pretty impressive to watch. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But how do you maintain that pace all day? I mean, sometimes it's all day long, or at least a big part of your day. Yeah. So our team, they're pretty tired by the end yeah. of the day, but we've kind of trained them to get used to it. So I think that's why we're able to move at that pace for the entire day. And that's like eight hours, I believe. So Seven days a week. Seven days a week. We're only closed on Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are grateful for that. So, again, <laughs> a couple of other questions. I always have. Yeah. I wondered about this. Uh-huh. You, the, how do you, does your fingers get like used to being touching ice all day long? It does actually, and it's funny because some of the workers tell me that they have dreams, or there might be nightmares, about making shave ice in their sleep. So I'm like, oh, I feel bad. But yeah, you just kind of get used to it. And also, it's not like you're touching the ice right. the entire day. We have a rotation, so every hour you're changing um, positions. So you're not only touching the ice, but you're also pouring and you're scooping so that you're not bored doing the same thing all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my friend, Mr. Lee, is uh, uh, the owner of Waiola Shave Ice. Oh, um, nice. He's a super nice guy. Aww. And, um, you know, he, it, it's the family business as well. Mm-hmm. But keeping the flavors, um, you know, relevant and fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have your go-tos that, that people go to, whether they, wherever they go to mm-hmm. enjoy their shave ice or ice shave. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the flavors? How does that evolve when do you know not to touch something? Mm-hmm. When do people tell you? How do you guys deal with that? So for us, we have a total of 40 flavors now to choose from. So it went from 10 flavors to 40. So we've always like tried new flavors out. And if it doesn't sell well, we're like, okay, let's just get rid of it. So we're constantly involving in that way. But then we also kind of want to maintain um, our shave ice, which I believe is very a very simple shave ice. It doesn't have all the extra like crazy stuff. Um, so in that sense, we want to keep it the same, but also change up the flavors and have something that every single person would um, want to choose from, right? Because that's that's a lot of flavors. So, what's your favorite? Ooh, my go-to is always Lihimui and Lilikoi. Yeah, I like a little sour in my shave ice, so I usually go for those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very simple. I, used to, I mean, rainbow was the go-to for me. When oh we yeah, up, but mm-hmm. I, I love strawberry, vanilla, and pretty much that's it. But yeah. um, but oh yeah, I don't do I don't like the lihing and all that stuff that 
Mm-hmm. My kids put on it. Well, they're oh. <laughs> adults now, but yeah. Uh-huh. Um, a fascinating world, that uh, shave ice, because again, it is a it's a money maker. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. You can make a living on it, and mm-hmm. I mean, grandpa, and dad, and now you grab you're grabbing the reins. It's mm-hmm. it can be a very profitable business, and mm-hmm. um, who'd have thunk it, right? Mm-hmm. Selling ice and syrup, <laughs> I mean, right? basically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. Uh, um, Okay, so Aoki's is right close by. Yes, they're right across the street from. Right us. across the street. Mm-hmm. How does that work? It's How like McDonald's. <laughs> it's like McDonald's being across from Jack in the Box, or or you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are selling pretty much the same product. How do you yes. differentiate? Different. Well, I would. It's really funny because I think because shave ice is such a staple of Hawaii now, people like to compare, right? So right. they're always pitting people up against each other, but. A fun fact is my dad actually grew up with Mike Oki, so they're like childhood friends, and we've always had respect for each other, and they actually go to each other sometimes, and they're like talking story, but I would say that like in general, like every shave ice business has something special about it, which you know makes you want to go there, so I think it's nice that there's so many places now where you can enjoy shave ice, so if you want something different, you can go somewhere else, and yeah, I think I think each place has its own thing. Like Aoki's, I think they also have shave ice and shakes and all these other items. So if you want that, you can go there. So even though we're across the street from each other, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. I think it's okay. I don't, I don't want to stir the pot. Don't yeah. stir the pot. <laughs> I don't want to stir the pot. But um, yeah, and then merchandising mm-hmm. is huge for you guys. Yes, Huge. And I know that uh, dad saw value in, in getting your brand out on t-shirts mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's still a part of who you are? It is. So in the 70s, uh, we had a lot of customers asking our employees if they could have their uniform, which is now our original design. So it evolved from that to now having a lot of different T-shirts designs you can choose from. And we have we do have a lot of merchandise. So we have our store separated from the shave ice side and then our store side. So mm-hmm. you can also buy something and take it home for your family. So it's a nice souvenir to take home, I think. You know, what's interesting, you, you mm-hmm. decided to come back home mm-hmm. um, and help mom and dad yeah. and really take the business to the next level. Mm-hmm. Dad pretty much did the same with grandpa because the other siblings went on to college. And mm-hmm. But dad said, no, I want to stay home and help. Yeah. There's a little bit of a, uh, I guess, pattern there with your family. and. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge for for grandpa and grandma mm. that they said let's da- da- dad Stanley mm-hmm. uh, great man by the way um, thank you super super nice guy uh, uh, but he he said I want to I want to do this too and you did the same mm-hmm. interesting isn't it that is very interesting but I felt like at the end of the end of the day I would never be able to walk away from like my grandparents legacy uh, so it's really an honor for me for me to be able to uh, continue in my father's footsteps and be able to help out the family business. 71 years. Yeah, a long Unbelievable. time. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And and you probably have seen your share of very famous people come through your through your line. Yes. Who, who are some of the biggest names that you've seen? Oh, my goodness. What? Besides all the professional surfers. Oh, yes. A lot of professional surfers. Kelly Slater. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had, like, Tom Hanks stop by the store wow. a while back. Uh, we've also been able to make shave ice for movie junkets, and I've met like Will Smith and Adam Sandler. That was it was pretty amazing to be able to meet them in the flesh. That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Well, Remy, I, I'm very you know I, when I hear about third generation uh, children mm-hmm. taking their family business because again their businesses that go away 
yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. You know um, that the children just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we lose our Manapur shops because of it. We lose all of these iconic brands right. uh, because the reality is it's hard mm-hmm. work. It's hard work, and and I I applaud you for taking on that because I know you work seven days a week. You probably do, or you did maybe. Yeah, I've been working seven days a week, but I've been trying to get some downtime. But it's definitely worth it, I think. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a grind, though. Yeah. It is. You have to really commit to it if you want to do it. So you can't just like, you know, I don't want to swear, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Put in like just half of the effort. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I was like, wait, how do I be worth yeah. No, we all know what you were you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But no, no, you're right. You can't, you can't half effort it because yes. it'll show yes, and you'll get, you know, you'll get down and the business will suffer from it. So mm-hmm. your staff works as hard as you. And if they you're not do. up to par, then they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to get it done. Yes. Again, I applaud you for doing that. How many shave ice do you think you make a day? So when it's very busy during the summertime, we make about 1,500 shave ice a day. 1500 It's a lot. And I think our record has has been maybe 18-something. It's, it's a lot of shave ice. It's insane. It is. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I, there's a, the gravel lot has gone away because a lot of improvements have been made to that area. Right. Kamehameha Schools has done some improvements to mm-hmm. the area. But, but it still has that rustic same location and just better paved parking lot, right? Yeah, I think it's a lot safer for the customers because they used to line up and it was right by the road. So I think that was a safety hazard. So now it's more convenient, I think, for our guests. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Remy, good luck to you and and continued success to and my aloha to to dad and and mom and and, uh, everybody out there in Matsumoto, Shave Ice Land. And, uh, you know, know that your your decision to come home is appreciated because I'm hopeful that Matsubara Shave Ice can continue into the next generation as well. Thank you so it is, much. It, it is one of the iconic spots in all of Hawaii, not just the North Shore, not just Oahu, but all of Hawaii. Everybody knows about Matsubara Shave Ice. Thank you very much for saying no that. No pressure. Yeah, that was a lot of pressure, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. All right, Mahalo Nui for joining us, folks. Join us next week for another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, Aoyo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.